This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Tom Gibbis, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah actually to be honest there's not that much news going on this week uh i don't know why but i know one thing there is this is a huge weekend if you're a wrestler fan this is wrestlemania weekend as we call it because you know one of the biggest shows of the year is coming out this weekend it's actually happened yesterday and it's happening today they're doing a two-day as opposed to the one day that they traditionally used to do but along with that other shows are being uh aired around it so you know roh which was like the biggest news of the weekend possibly um happened and possibly the better show we'll see uh i there was some news that came out of wrestlemania last night so we'll see about that but there was a lot of it was very newsworthy on that ring of honor show uh this weekend so there's not that much news in terms of pop culture i mean people are still talking about the will and chris situation which i'm not gonna focus on it's done to me it's done it is absolutely done it's you know the aftermath is here now and there are much more important things to talk about in this world right now i mean we still got that you still got a war going on on the other side it's amazing that something in pop culture totally wipes people's mind of some bigger issues is going on right now um comedian gerald carmichael rothaniel if you haven't seen it if you're a fan of him if you haven't seen it on hbo max go out of your way and check it out it's one of the most it's a it's, it's an emotional masterpiece of a comedy show he gets real. I mean, he gets more real than any comedian I think I've ever seen do a set like he did. And it was awesome. So, I mean, there's so many other really 
bigger things going on right now. So, and more fun things to talk about. For instance, in this episode, since there's no news, uh, I decided I'm going to not talk about just one, you know, uh, thing, not two things, three things, actually got a chance to see Halo, uh, the first episode. So I want to give my opinion on that from a non gamer, non fan, um, opinion and perspective on it. Uh, we also had a chance to see Morbius. So yeah, we're going to be talking about that. And in our talk topic, I will be talking about Moon Knight. Now I said in our select start podcast, uh, at the end where I was trying to determine which one I was going to, uh, put into the talk topic segment and the one with the better overall experience for me is getting that bill Moon Knight one. I will tell you why in our next segment, why that is when I review Morbius on there. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So Paramount Plus took the liberty of uploading the first episode of Halo the series on YouTube. Non-subscribers of Paramount Plus get a first look at the pilot episode. Subscribers and fans, however, have not been too kind of this series, saying that it doesn't live up to the game's original story. I'm not surprised. What does? Like, if you watch any Marvel, any DC, any anything, even a Godfather does not live up to the original source that where it originated from. So. I, I think at this point, like people need to stop being upset about originality or, or source, you know, source material, because there's I, there's only a rare amount of, you know, content that we watch that is absolutely word from word, scene from scene based on that's like the Watchmen. Like that was the only movie I've ever seen where it was like almost pinpoint accurate to the actual book and i say second by scott pilgrim versus the world to that extent i mean they took so, like way less liberties than normal but there were some differences but for the most part they went almost by the book with that but not many other shows does i mean not spider-man not any of the marvel cinematic universe not any of the dc films nothing they base it off it and they didn't they take liberties and say that is another universe version so they do that halos is just another added to that i mean you just gotta expect it at this point but what it should do is carry the essence of the game do you feel like this is the game based on presentation accuracy uh accuracy based on like does this feel like master chief does this feel like you know all of the aliens that he goes up against and stuff like that and uh, it, 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 it's you know it or you know same with marvel like i've known thanos from the old comic book days when he was riding a damn helicopter. <laughs> he was not the badass. Well, he later on when he did the Infinity Gauntlet, yes. But, you know, he wasn't always the same person. So Josh Brolin was probably the better of all of them. And that was fine because they changed it around. The Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Wars, there were differences in there. For instance, when Hawk fell down to this, um, to the, uh, the sanctorium it wasn't supposed to be hawk that fell down to the uh to the uh, place it was supposed to be silver surfer but nobody made a big deal about that nobody made a big deal about like all a lot of the other things but they paid homage to some of the things that happened in the actual book 
from there. So I'm not going to dog them because it's not the original story. Like, I don't understand why we're still having these complaints. Like, why we're still prejudging things, too. Like, I hate the fact that people that we prejudge movies and people's performances before we actually see it. Now, some things just doesn't appear good at the beginning, but you never know. Some things you are. You just got to reserve your right until the end. Sometimes you do get that instinct, but not always, all often. You Again, Michael Keaton and Hugh Jackman are the two biggest examples of that because nobody thought that, you know, Michael Keaton was going to be a great Batman. He ended up being one of the best, if arguably the best, depending on who you talk to. You also had Hugh Jackman is like, well, nobody, when X-Men was first announced in 2000, nobody knew who was going to play Wolverine and whether this was going to like work or whatever like that. How are they going to make this work? And then we've got our first look at Hugh Jackman and people shut down just by looking at him because they're like, all right, this dude actually looks like Wolverine. Let's give this a chance. Okay. And he lived that up to the very end to Logan. Okay. He, he, he is the definitive Wolverine in everybody's eyes. And it's going to be hard to replace that dude at some point. So like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not like, I can't say this. Like I can't really fault people too much because I would be a hypocrite if I didn't say the same thing when I watch Venom because Venom I have to have some type of empathy for the for people who have some disdain but Venom was just way out of pocket in a sense that he should not be a hero at least at the beginning and the storyline between Parker and Eddie Brock was just so great and they never used it and it's just like it is it's way too different i don't know about this whole thing and, and then again there are people who actually like the venom movies so from a casual standpoint if they're looking at it just based on the fact that they never watched the uh or read the original comic books or whatever they're just looking at it from you know naked eyes and they're just seeing a film that is going to be good this is that they consider good or entertaining or whatever like that they're just looking at it for that they're not looking for for you know um accuracy or, or such like that um or authenticity if you will and i have to i'm, I'm in now in that other side because now i'm here watching this uh show and when i watched the show because i decided to watch as a non-fan from a non-fan perspective and i never played the game at all i'm well aware who isn't aware of halo and master chief and all the stuff like it's gotten that much mainstream that has made it up to this point but uh even if you're not a fan of halo or never played a halo game before you kind of you know for the most part if depending on what demographic and age demographic you're in you know the name of master chief you know what this person looks like whatever like that well now you really know what he looks like <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute but i decided to watch from a, another perspective a non-fan perspective never played the game don't know the storyline or anything like that and i'm unaware of the original plot and what I got out of it is, you know, if it wasn't based on a a, a source, which is the, the game, actually, I liked it. It was it was entertaining. I wasn't bored. Um, I was very surprised at how violent this thing really was. I mean, they blew up kids in this thing, like 
kids were not safe. There was it. This thing was overly violent. The special effects was absolutely awesome. They spared no expense on this. This they put some major money in this. I don't know if it's like Marvel, um, um, Marvel Disney amount of money, but they did it. The production value was just absolutely fantastic in this thing. Um, the performances, I thought they were pretty good. I I will defend gamers for one thing, and I was very surprised at this. <laughs> and this is just off the first episode, of the pilot. They revealed who Master Chief looked like. The Halo series has gone through three different, uh, you know, chapters in their saga. Plus, I believe there was another. There's there's some side games that came out for this as well. I don't think they've ever revealed his likeness or whatever. They revealed him in the first pilot episode. And I think the problem there is that it humanizes master chief whereas like for years master chief was this mystique of a character is he a robot is he human that I, that uh, that much i do know about this series that nobody rather knew whether he really was human or not. now the story here is that you know master chief and the spartans are a mercenary group of soldiers who basically have had their memories wiped from them in order to pursue the mission properly with no distractions and no compromisations somehow some way during a battle master chief was compromised and he started remembering things that were going on so now he has a conscience and now it's not just you know they order him to kill somebody he's going to kill somebody no he has now he has a conscience and everything so i feel like i feel like this is sort of like a origin story for him of how he's going to become the master chief that we see in the game yeah if i'm reading that right if i'm seeing that right and i totally well it didn't bother me in that sense i totally understand why fans are so upset about that because they waited for years and generations to see this and they seen it in the first episode of the actual show i don't know what this who made that decision but i don't know maybe drag that out for like another year or two like you could you could have rolled with that forever and i think people would have been fine because they didn't get a chance to see it in the in, in the uh, video game which i think they would have preferred to be rewarded with that in the video game and not this series so now we get this series it's like i think it, it it takes some of the the spirit away the the essence away the the like i said the mystique away from the actual character because you're seeing him human now it's just like okay where is like it's different from from this as opposed to like somebody similar to the a character similar to them as uh same as aaron because we found out about her and the end of the very first metroid game but they dragged us out like we don't want you to know it's almost like we didn't know where uh springfield was in 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 the simpsons for a very long time and i think they did reveal it but i you know it was it's just one of those biggest mysteries if you watch martin like martin lawrence's old show we never knew Chomp, tommy's real job it's just some things you just don't you just don't tell you know so i get that i really get that and i'm on the side of the gamers for this that's something i think they could have rather held off for a long time or like maybe two three episodes deadline or just didn't do it at all or at least save it for the video game 
but yeah, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. So I, I'm, I'm mixed between this, but like as a, let's just say as a TV show, as an actual TV series, a sci-fi series, I think the, I think the show was actually good. I think gamers are going to have a hard time seeing it because they're filtered with all of the IP and content that they've already known in the mythology that they already known about Halo and Master Chief already. So I get it because I have the same thing when it comes to Venom. And the reason why I keep saying Venom and why this is segueing right into Morbius is because I Venom is one of my all-time favorite villains and all-time favorite Spider-Man villains. Like he is the, I, I say this all the time, he is the one character that Spider-Man had the hardest time to deal with and get through and scared his family to death okay like creepy as hell if you ever read those um those 90s books with eric larson and all that stuff involving with spidey and mcfarlane oh they were beautiful like i've never seen spider-man in such a situation he never joked around when it came to venom at the time so yeah man it, it's uh dude i i get it but if you look at it from just a a sci-fi is this a good sci-fi tv show yes I thought it was really I thought the first episode was really good in that sense when you want to compare it to that I can't tell you but for the most part it looks like everybody who had who's passionate about the game series they uh they are not happy with it then maybe I need to go in deeper into YouTube and watch the cutscenes of the original uh series to see you know why it is because I mean again I say this I say this now and it's funny because I can't really say this anymore based on recent gameplay uh, gaming I've recently done, but I'm not really was a fan of first person shooters in the first place. So I wasn't really drawn into Halo like that. And recently that may have changed. Um, but I, at, at least one of the, the first person games that involve gun toting and shooting and all the stuff, you, you start adding like mystical powers and all the stuff. Then I think my perspective will change for that. And it has recently. So it, yeah, I totally get it. But like, from my perspective, it's a good series, albeit not accurate, albeit maybe not carry the essence of Halo. But from a non, I, like as a casual fan, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Like I can re I can watch the game. I can watch the show again. Um, and it's still yet to be desired whether I would want to play the game after watching this. But it, it's enough for me to say, like, I want to get in now. Is it enough for me to want to invest in Paramount Plus? No, <laughs> no, I got way too many. I got way too many, um, you know, uh, streaming networks in my wallet right now on a monthly basis. A lot of them. OK, and it, it's just I can't do one more and not, I can't just do it just for one show. OK, um, Paramount Plus has a lot of shows that you can see in other platforms there's no reason for me to buy that there disney plus has exclusive content that a lot of exclusive content it's not just one show it's a lot of exclusive content um netflix has a lot of exclusive content crunchyroll has a lot of exclusive content that will be even more now as the month goes as time goes by and it, it's uh no, I can't do Paramount Plus. I don't think they have enough for me. Apple Plus either. I I, I uh, stopped subscribing to them as well. I, they don't have enough for me to really want, interesting enough for me to want to jump onto. 
so but i'm really happy that i got to see the first episode um hopefully make it to another you know season who knows uh if anything if it's anything like how it went with uh, cowboy bebop uh maybe not we'll see but it's a shame because they put a lot of work into that series too so we'll see but i talked about venom and i have to segue on to something that is connected to him especially in the sony universe and that is morbius got a chance to watch this movie yesterday um i heard so many people talk badly about this movie i would even if i was trying to avoid it i could because like i, I was watching tmz live and, and some guy who chimed in and called in made a joke about it and there's another joke talking about somebody uh somebody got their car broken into and there were two tickets to see morbius in there and when he came out there were four left in there so i mean to, to say how bad this movie was now i'm not gonna say that this movie wasn't bad but i'm not gonna say that it wasn't good either um i'm not gonna give it the accolade that i'm sure sony want me to give it i think in terms of we call, we talk about the accuracy again it's as close to as the origin story as you can get it's probably a lot closer to the origin story than it was for venom venom was so out of pocket in terms of like who eddie brock really is or who he's supposed to be like nothing it, i'll give you a comparison to eddie brock and how off the wall this storyline was and why they didn't just stick to, well they couldn't because it, his actual storyline deeply involves peter parker and spider-man and they didn't have spider-man in there and that's why they did it in the first place which i think is just absolutely ridiculous but eddie brock in this new in these new movies reminds me of ming na wen as chun li where she played a reporter and not a cop from interpol that is how ridiculous to me venom is in that sense and it's it has nothing to do with the actors it has a lot to do with the writing and the direction tom hardy is a awesome actor ming na wen is a awesome actor they both deserve better for what their performances provides and it just didn't happen to me um it's a shame it's a really it's a shame but morbius to the to its credit i think is it's hard to really not do, go by what they did with the comic because it's like a easy straightforward plot to give it and that's pretty much what it is it's like michael morbius experiments on himself because he's he has a blood disease you know uh an inborn blood disease and he's trying to you know fix it he he has a great mind and he a scientist and he's able to do things that other people can and he wanted to find a cure for him and his friend milo and it didn't of course if you read the book if you know about michael morbius then you know it doesn't turn out the way that he wants to or he uh he he planned it to and ends up getting this disease where he turns into a blood sucking he uh basically a blood sucking um creature that in the comics he's supposed to be like in the comics he you know uh, michael morbius becomes a villain because he's uncontrollable and he can't control himself in this movie he kind of does have a bit of resistance a lot more than milo who's nowhere near in the actual film and in the comics so 
They needed Milo to play the antagonist here, the one who really is uncontrollable. So it, it enough to make Michael Morbius the more controllable one, the more insane one, the, the innocent one, if you will. But that doesn't happen. In fact, the funny thing, the real funny thing is that like in my office right now, I have Spider-Man number one. I got one of the um, the copies of it, the uh, the silver one, I believe. And that's hanging on my wall right now. And the whole entire saga that Todd McFarlane and, and, the, and all of them, you know, based it on was Morbius. Morbius was the first guy that was in the newest the the iconic and classic spider-man number one hit in here and he uh he was not he was not a hero but not a villain but you know much like the lizard and uh and so, well all right yeah no, no 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 i was right i'm thinking of scorpion much like the lizard like um kurt connors like he experimented on himself and became uncontrollable and spider-man's trying to help them control this cell so now they they kind of removed the the uh evil aspect out of michael morbius and it's like how are you gonna work this together with this and then what happens when spider-man finally makes his appearance because it's definitely coming that spider-man is of this universe is coming and we don't know who the new spider-man is going to be at this point we don't know if it's still going to be tom holland or he's going to be a totally new guy that's still undetermined tom holland's still trying to figure out who you know where uh what he's going to do in terms of that so i don't know but that's pretty much the plot. It's, it's straightforward. It's simple. It's you've you've heard it before. Even if you didn't know about Michael Morbius's you know plot, you get an understanding. And I thought they did pretty good on that sense um, of making sure that he was able to uh, you know they were able to capture that. So I didn't mind it. The plot was there. The cast. Um, I thought let's talk. Let's start with Jared Leto. I thought he did pretty good as Michael Morbius. It wasn't like necessarily the best. Maybe it was the writing that was weak or whatever like that. Um, but I mean, how I don't I don't. It just his performances never stand out. At least not when it comes to doing uh, comic book movies. Um, the movie he did with Denzel Washington uh, recently on HBO and Warner Brothers. Uh, I thought he did a really good job on there. I thought he was really dope on there. And that was more of a serious drama, you know, uh, kind of noir type of film. Um, I think he's better outside of the realm of comic books than he is in. And I mean, this Morbius character wasn't bad, but it just didn't like stand out. It didn't stand out in any stretch. Like, okay, it's just there, but maybe it's because the Morbius character is not a character that is meant to have a full standalone movie itself like the, he's the morbius character to me when i watched the film there were some parts of the film that i'm like if this was a spider-man film and morbius was the one of the main characters of focus this is the shot that i would have used for that movie or this would have shot here but not the entire movie um he's good in parts but not as a whole in here and that's where i got with that matt smith who is you know everyone like a lot of people's favorite doctor who uh is the villain for this i thought that was i thought that was pretty good um i never watched doctor who ever but i'm a well aware of who this guy is like much like you know halo master chief i don't play the game but i'm well aware of the popularity of that character same with this actor um there's a lot of uh, doctor who fans that'll probably be jumping into this so i mean that's awesome. I thought he did pretty good as well. Um, the Milo character is a new character and 
they did the best that they could do with him. And I thought he, for, for what it's worth, he did a good job. I think special effects on him was really good uh, in terms of how they kept, you know, transforming his face to look a, a lot more evil and menacing and such like that. And just, you know, monstrous. Um, he has a very animated face and I thought he really captured those animations really well to the CGI that they put on him in here. So it was, it was pretty good with that. Um, Adria uh, Arjona, who played uh, Martine Bancroft. I mean, she was fine. I mean, she's fine, but she was also fine as, you know, in her performance as well. Didn't really stand out, didn't really do anything. She was just there as as well. Same with Jared Harris. Like a lot of people was just there. Like Tyrese Gibson was playing the agent who was always one step behind. <laughs> I mean, all through the movie, all through the freaking movie, he basically, he, he could not, never catch his man. He was just always like, he's the probably the worst agent and FBI agent I've ever seen because like he never got his dude. Like how good of an agent is he? Uh, I mean, they knew he was Morbius, but they started figuring out that he wasn't. Like he has maybe the next movie because it looks like that they're going to make another movie of this and they're not, they're just sticking to their guns with this. Um, let's hope and see he actually learns more because they kind of made his character look like a goof throughout this whole entire thing um al uh al madringo who's also uh the uh, the partner of agent uh strode he's agent rodriguez in here he was more or less the comic relief of this whole entire thing the comedy was okay it was eh, it was it was just there um but you know i mean it was what it was it was a story to talk about him, to get him into the universe, their universe. And that's pretty much all it was. That was the really biggest standouts of the entire thing. It did, I, In terms of how the, the presentation of the movie, I didn't like the presentation of the movie. I didn't, um, the special effects was, uh, it was okay. I didn't mind the, um, the blur effect that they did with them. I thought, I actually, I didn't really, I actually thought that was pretty cool to some extent wasn't the best but it was cool the filtering of the of the filming it it, it, it was grainy kind of bit it 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 made me feel like it, it looked like a new line cinema film from the 90s like when i looked at this movie i felt like i was watching blade from 1999 and or 1998 whichever year it was that it came out but it it looked outdated to me um and it's funny because I could compare this to the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies where the filtering and, and, and the presentation just looks so state of the art. It, they for, it looks like it's built for 4K. This did not look like it was built for 4K. Okay. And I recently watched the Batman in the same theater a week back. Speaking of which, by the way, take a little break from talking about this movie for a sec. Are any of you going to theaters now and noticing that the air conditioner is always on and it could be it doesn't matter what temperature it is outside it could be 30 degrees it could be 50 degrees that air conditioner is always on and i thought it was almost every theater the cinemark theater is where i live at where i'm close to so i go to that one no matter what theater room i go into they got that air conditioner on and i don't know what the plot or ploy is i don't know if it's covid related I don't know if it's to keep people who are not, who are just, let's just say onion people, 
um from you know staking up the place or whatever like that but even more they're sell they actually sell blankets in there so i i don't know if it's even a plot for that they need to stop now i thought this was the case but i do go to movie tavern and lo and behold movie tavern is a little bit more comfortable to go in there like it should be i should not be in the and i probably i think i said this before when i did the review for the batman and other films as well i don't understand why they need to do this but i should not be cold for now for movies now are like more than 90 minutes like this movie was like 144 minutes i'm in there freezing like i want to be like when i get into the theater like i used to before covid and the pandemic i was able to take my coat off I was able to relax. I was able to feel comfortable. Now I am freezing in there. And I feel like every time I feel a cold, I feel like I need to go to the bathroom now. I don't know if that's age or whatever, but that's how it is now. It, it irks me to no end when they do that. Like turn the freaking heat on to at least 60 or five degrees or whatever in there, whatever. But I digress. That's my deal with that one. But let's talk about the end credit scene because this is where things get really blurry here. So because of the actions of no way home and the connection with sony it is now officially and fully everything is connecting together if you notice in the in the uh, trailer to morbius even way back they showed him in the alleyway running up to the spider-man uh, uh mural that wasn't shown in the comics there was also, uh, I mean, in the uh, actual movie, there was also a scene with uh, Adrian Toomes on air was not shown in the theaters as well. But it's not to say Adrian Toomes wasn't shown because the end credit, the first end credit scene showed the multiverse rift that we saw on No Way Home and that we're going to see in um, Multiverse of Madness appear and suddenly Adrian Toomes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe appears in the Sony Universe now. It's like it's like they did a draft trade, <laughs> pretty much. The news network reports uh, of this, you know, of this uh, universe reports that uh, Tombs appeared out of nowhere and the prison that he ended up in. Because if you remember, he was already in prison already, and now all of a sudden he pairs a hair. Now here's the funny part about this because if you guys watch far from home if you guys remember not far from home homecoming if you remember that there was an end credit scene where adrian was in jail and one of the actors and it was the actor who plays on breaking bad and better call sal which they were slated to play as the scorpion he was supposed to be the scorpion of all people and that didn't happen and i don't think that's going to happen now because and they kind of they kind of weaseled their way out of it because of the time rift, the, the universe rip or the multiverse rift, if you will. So now Adrian Toomes is in his universe. He doesn't have to deal with that situation or they don't uh, they're not going to have that situation in the MCU now. So that's completely cut. That whole plot has been chopped um, because everything is now changing. We later see, well, you know, they, to deal with the uh, news report that they were saying was like he appeared in prison out of nowhere. They don't have anything, you know, as to why he's there or why they're holding him. So they have to release him for uh, because they don't have anything on him. We later see him in full vulture gear. And take note here. I don't know how 
he was able to retrieve the suit as he appeared in the new universe with just his prison gear on where he was able to find because the tinkerer who was the guy who put it together in the homecoming deal in the marvel cinematic universe is not in this universe so where did he get the suit from that is a plot hole already in in, in this whole entire thing so he comes back he seeks michael morbius and tells him that they would need to team up because there's a lot of good they can do that to me is going to be the open-ended situation because it's like okay are they looking to be heroes are they looking to be villains or like what is the term because michael morbius is not trying to create chaos he's trying to actually do good but he's in a bad situation. But Adrian Toomes also technically was trying to do good by being kind of Robin Hoodish, but did it the wrong, the bad way. You know, it's that situation. So I don't know where this is going. I really don't know where this is going. And I, this is going to be crazy. This is, uh, I, I don't know what Sony's going to be doing here. I should also note that uh, Adrian Toomes, AKA Michael Keaton, by the way, I just, I should point that out. That is Michael Keaton's uh, Adrian Toomes in here. So it should be noted that Adrian did mention Spider-Man and said that he had, for some reason, he thinks that he has something to do with it, which he does. Uh, but the fact that how he would know that, and as if like, there was no other superheroes that could have done this is beyond me. I don't know how, why or how he knows this has anything to do with Peter Parker or whatever, but it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. But overall, overall, I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a bad movie in a sense, but it wasn't a, as good as what they wanted it to be. But I will say this, I think it's better and more accurate than Venom. And or even though I kind of, I was okay with the second movie because of um, Woody Harrelson's portrayal of uh, Carnage, which I thought was pretty accurate. I still like the way that the way that Sony films their Marvel films, it just feels so outdated. It feels like the same platform, the same template that they've done in the 90s. And it's like, OK, move on. We've done so much more. Look what look what Marvel Studios is doing and how proactive and how, you know, risk taking they are with their storytelling and their narratives and their character direction. I don't think Sony gets it after all this time and it's just not working. I, I, Amy Pascal, I, you know, it's safe to say I'm not the biggest fan of her for a lot of reasons, for a lot of really justifiable reasons. And she's just going with the motion of what Kevin Feige was doing and such. But um, I don't know what they're going to do from here. I hope that they do the new Spider-Man justice. But if not, we have three of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. Thanks to Marvel Studios. And they can't take that away from us. So if you're going to be disappointed later on down the line, always just set your mind up for the idea that Marvel Studios did it best. I don't know what they're going to do from this point. I want Tom Holland to be a part of it, but I don't want him to be with a bad director or bad direction for that matter. So I hope that everything works out, but I don't know where this is going, but it, it's not, it, it's not exciting me. It's not exciting anybody to the least, not yet. Venom was not the one that started it and they're still sticking on to this stupid super villain plot thing that they've been trying to do. Um, 
I just don't think it's a good idea. It just like, okay, it worked for the Joker and it always worked for the Joker. Joker's a different type of thing. And Joker has something that like, you really look at it from a psycho, uh, psychological standpoint. You can't do that the same with the rest of these guys. This does, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's rogue gallery, at least. I, I don't know. I just don't know. But so far, so, uh, at <laughs> the moment, it's a watchable movie. I don't think it's worth going out of your way to see it in the theaters, but I don't even think it's worth actually buying this DVD at this point, but it's a watchable movie. If it comes out on streaming networks, if it comes out on, you know, made for TV movies or whatever like that, or something like that, watch it. It's, if it's something and nothing else on TV, that's a good movie to just watch. Um, it, it is just is what it is. It's just a watchable action packed movie at best, but it, nothing that blows you away. Like if watching that and then watching no way home. It's, it is so night and day oil and water, you know, it is, it is, but this is the direction they want to go They're They're stubborn. They're stubborn. That's, that's pretty much what it is. So folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I'm going to review something that actually was exciting, fun, and great coming from Marvel Studios once again. We're going to talk Moon Knight, and we're going to talk about the first episode, and we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Point! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of Marvel Studios' Moon Knight. You talk about a character that nobody thought was ever going to see the light of day of live action. This is one of them. And much like Guardians of the Galaxy, man, this is like a series based on a character. Some people can arguably say obscure character that, you know, it, it could. And it looks like it is actually doing some good in live action. You pick the right people. You got the right writing. You got the right production presentation. You can make it happen. Morbius. So, um. You know, watch the first hour to pilot episode of this, and I was highly entertained by how they did this and put it together, the way that they filmed it. Um, because the, here's the thing: the idea about the the mystique and enig- uh, the enigma that is Moon Knight in the comics is that they make you much like Master Chief and what he's you know what wondering what he looked like. You were always wondering if Moon Knight really was a superhero, whether he really had powers or whatever like that. And they 
made it a mystery in the comics because they thought that this guy was just crazy the entire time. Like, was he really, uh, was he, was he really a, a superhero? Does he really have powers? Does he actually, you know, it, or is he just crazy or does he have some sort of disorder? They do that in this, but also really let you know that this guy really does have powers. He really is going through some things, but there is some spirit within him or spirits within him that takes over his body at a time. So the initial story is that a former U.S. Marine is struggling with a dislocative identity disorder uh, and granted the powers of the Egyptian moon god. He is unaware of this at the time. Um, you know, he's going by the name of Stephen, who's this guy with a, you know, from London with a British accent, uh, played by Oscar Isaac, who's just absolutely phenomenal. Like Oscar Isaac has had his hit and misses. Like people didn't really like him as Apocalypse on the X-Men series. I actually did because there were parts of his performance that to me really resemble Apocalypse. So I thought he did pretty good with it. It wasn't like the best thing. It didn't knock me off my feet, but I thought he did fairly well with that role as Apocalypse in that film. Um, but he, you know, people love him in, in Star Wars and people love him in other things, but I think he's found his mark, no pun intended, in this movie playing as Mark Spector, um, who is the Moon Knight. And, but he's waking up as this guy named Steven who works at this, um, works at the gift shop at this museum and he's waking, he finds himself waking up in the strangest places and in certain situations and encounter and encounters that he is unaware of all the time. He wakes up days later, sometimes months later as they take over his body. He, people approach him about situations that he's, he has no idea of remembering what he's done. And it's pretty hilarious. Um, and the way that they film it and put it together, it, it, it's chaotic, but it's not hard to follow and understand what's going on. Especially after watching it the second time, you kind of pick up things that you uh, don't see the first time around. For instance, there's a Easter egg in hand that's really dope that somebody found out and picked up. And there's a QR code at the very beginning. If you guys didn't know, if you watched it already and didn't know, there is a QR code and the beginning of the uh, first scene where Steven comes in and he's talking to this child um, and he's guiding her to another exhibit, but there's a QR code right there. And if you actually scan the QR code, it actually takes you to the Marvel U website. Marvel U is the website where you could, you know, subscribe on a monthly subscription and read all their comic books uh, from there. And it gives you a free Moon Knight comic. I love this company stuff like that that makes them so awesome please sony pay attention okay so it's just the little things that they do that just makes everything so awesome whereas like sony films and sony pictures just go out of their way to just go the opposite direction <laughs> it's the wwe aew situation it's like aew is giving fans what they want and you know giving you true pro wrestling and, and, and trying to make you happy at all times and you know enjoy the things that you loved about wrestling and then wwe just goes in their own tangent and it, it's whatever vince mcmahon wants from there that's what is coming off right here sony pictures is the vince mcmahon of um comic book films right now so we will see how that goes from there but i just you know 
that little thing is just awesome. But his performance, Oscar Isaac's performance as, um, you know, Steven first, but um, Mark Spector, because, you know, later on, especially near the end of the episode, the accents changes and we start noticing that there's two different people. And the fact that this guy has so much range to portray two different types of people of two different ethnicities or two different backgrounds or whatever like that. It's this is like the William Defoe performance. We're going to see the William Defoe Shakespearean-esque type of thing going on here with his character. I cannot wait because I really, I really, I don't want to say marked out. That's a wrestling term, but it's a no pun to that. I really got excited. Let's just say that. That at the end, you saw Mark Spector talking to him in the mirror of his own reflection and Steven's talking with his other accent. And it's just really well done how they put it together as he's, you know, trying to run, you know, trying to run away from this, you know, Egyptian beast or whatever like that. And he's telling him, like, look, let me take over for now. I trust me, you will not die. And hence Moon Knight comes out. And I love the Moon Knight costume, by the way, the Moon Knight costume, because in the comics, it's just like it's all white costume. But because it's a live action, this is connected to Egypt and everything. It makes so much sense that his costume has a mummified type of design pattern and look to it. It it makes all the sense in the world. It is so awesome what they did and it's clever. It The thought process for this is just incredible what they do. They, they really think hard and long about the details of what they're gonna do with these costumes and give them some form of meaning within the meaning. And there's a story behind everything. So I love that part right there. You also got Ethan Hawke who plays author Harold, who's the main antagonist of this whole thing. He's a cult leader, if you will, um, who's trying to look for the scarab that they need to do whatever it is that they are going to do with it. And Mark just happens to be the one who retrieved it unbeknownst to Steven, his avatar, if you will, I guess. And you know, this is where all the craziness happens. So they're trying to seek him out and for some reason, uh, author has this ability to take people's lives away. Uh, he, he, we don't know too much about him, but we know that he's the leader of the cult leader of this kind of, uh, 10 rings type of, you know, organization here. And, um, this is going to be interesting to see where this goes. We got six episodes. I was hoping that they would at least give us two episodes, but it's, it's a very short season. So I get it why they didn't do it, but I'm just, I'm so, I am glad that they show on these on Wednesdays here. Uh, so it, it's pretty cool. So, uh, there's a lot going on here right now. No real other focus on other characters at the moment. Right now there's other characters that are, I'm seeing on IMDB that I think we're going to see down the line here. But, um, these are like small, big characters. Uh, Lucy, uh, Taggarty. Tagaray uh played as Donna who's the person who um like I believe she's like she's like his general manager uh, of the uh of the gift shop or the store so I don't know how much she's going to play into it but I think she's going to be a big part of this as well I mean the biggest focus right now was on Stephen and Mark Spector the Stephen slash Mark Spector character uh and author at this point and everything around it so I think people are starting to just going to start gradually coming in as well. And I don't want to read off the cast list right now of people in this uh, episode because it may kind of spoil the plot of what's going on and it, it, it they haven't appeared yet. 
So, yeah, like, there's going to be some people that I'm seeing on IMDb that is going to be appearing in the next five episodes here. Um, right now, it was just uh, Layla uh, who appeared. Uh, well, she appeared on the phone. So we're gonna, probably going to see her more down the line. Um, we've already saw Ethan's character. We already saw uh, F. Uh, Murray Abraham character who plays uh, Kunshu uh in here so we we hear these voices and stuff on the first episode but everybody else seems to be coming along oh actually the, uh lucia tagare who plays donna the manager i think she's only on the first episode so that's out also um saffron um hawking who played the really attractive I, yeah she yeah she was the really attractive um female that steven asked out on a date but never went on that date i was so mad because i'm like yeah she is she is not ugly <laughs> he, he managed to get her but he ended up being late like two days late from their date and everything and left her hanging and all the stuff so they never end up going out at all and uh that's a shame i was i was very disappointed because like she is yes let's just leave it that let's <laughs> just leave she's a very attractive woman so i yeah bullocks if you will <laughs> if i'm even saying that right and i know there i know i have some people from the uk that will probably let me know if i said that if i use that terminology wrong or in the wrong presence but um yeah man it's just uh i'm so entertained by this so far i you know after especially watching it the second time and um i really like the scene that when he actually became moon knight at the very end because it's something about that way that they filmed that reminded me of the watchman it was like one of those really close-up you know very violent scenes where you just see like war like warshack just hitting and punching somebody really violently and this is what he did to the monster so i it really is interesting i'm looking forward to seeing these episodes i think this is going to be great um Moon Knight is going to be an awesome addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he's another character that a lot of people rather weren't giving too much focus to, you know, comic book readers weren't giving too much focus to, while others may not have known about him, much like the Guardians of the Galaxy. But I think he's going to be a success story for this um, as we go along. And I think this may be in terms of comic book movies, this may be Oscar Isaac's possibly best role yet like i think he's going to solidify this character um he's going to own his character by the end of this uh if it's anything like his performance right now he's he's pretty awesome he is pretty awesome no matter what he's did in the past i mean he's people have praised him a lot more than you know revered him like if you just count the apocalypse character which again i said i i didn't mind at all i actually liked his po uh, apocalypse performance um of course, you know, it's never is a lot of times it's not the actors. It's just the writing and directing. You know, it, it, it just happens sometimes. But that's not to say that his performance wasn't good at all, because I thought it was in there. But the plot and everything, that's when it plays down in the storytelling. It plays a part in, you know, when things don't go all as planned. Um, but I think this is going to be a winner for him. I, I think he's an awesome actor and uh, he's he's a welcome addition at this moment so if you haven't seen it yet man go out of your way check it out because um this is a no i think this is going to be another winner i'm looking for it out of course i will be talking about episodes that are coming in i don't know what's going to happen who he's going to be associating himself with will there be cameo appearances coming down the, down the law uh, way um he we got to see these other versions of moon knight as well him in a suit and and a, ma and a mask and everything so it's going to be a lot of 
really great fanfare coming out of this too. So um, if I just base it on just the first episode alone, yeah, this first episode gets an A. Um, I definitely think Marvel fans should watch it, especially if you've never really understood the Moon Knight character or never got into the Moon character. I just want to say this Moon Knight character, the story of it is a little bit changed, but change, I think changed for the better in my case, because now we know that he really does have powers here and he, what he's really going through. And they made sense of it, whereas it was kind of a mystery in the comics. So it, 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 I really enjoy this. And I think he's going to be a, a great addition to the uh, series and see who he's going to be teaming up with next. So, folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I told you this was going to be a shorter episode. <laughs> so, you know, happy WrestleMania weekend to all you wrestling fans out there. But um, we will have on our uh, select start video game podcast this week, I will be talking about Persona for Arena Ultimax and Phantom Breaker Omnia. So I will be doing my two fighting game review, my dual fighting game review this week. Uh, the following week, I will be reviewing Ghostwire Tokyo. Can't wait to talk about that. Cannot wait to talk about that. Trust me. This week, or next week, I should say, is going to be Sonic 2. I'm going to be reviewing because that's coming out. Now, I would like to point out, I would like to point out here that um, it's going to be an interest. That weekend is going to be so loaded because I got to do so freaking much that weekend. So, that weekend is going to be crazy. And it just got crazy. I was I was just going to go and watch uh, Sonic 2. I might have to go see this earlier. I might have to go to an early review of this because the weekend is going to be crazy. Now, I will have that next week's episode of uh, Talk, Time Li- uh, Talk Time Live, but it may be a day later. And that is because I just got the uh, heads up that, you know, I got my credentials to cover, uh, you know, the new Fan Expo event here in Philadelphia. So I'll be doing media. I'll be doing... Um, you know, coverage of the event, much like I did with uh, New York Comic Con and such. Um, maybe, hopefully, get some interviews in this time around and uh, see where we go from here. Because uh, I'm i looking forward to this. This is, you know, Fan Expo Philadelphia, or the Fan Expo period, because they're touring all around the country, was formerly known as Wizard World. They rebranded, and what happened basically is that they were, uh, they, they wind up, actually uh because uh, let's be real wizard world has been diluting in its quality for years on end and then they just stopped and then the pandemic came in and somehow some way they found their way to say like look let's make a change let's do it better and they're making a comeback as fan expo and they're doing it big they got so many big names coming to philly to start off and i think that this is obviously a way to get you know, ahead on Reed Pop, you know, and because Reed Pop made their mark in Philly with Keystone Comic Con um, in 2019. So this is them trying to get ahead of things. And they're adding so many people uh, to this. Now, the only thing that they haven't done is add Marvel, uh, any Marvel, like they got some Marvel celebrities there, but like Ming Na Wen, but she's from Agent Shield. And that show has been off the uh, air for quite some time, but nobody recent. So, um, but Kevin Smith and the gang are going to be there. That's what really drew me to want to cover this. Cause I've always wanted to see Kevin Smith live. He's 
partly the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I got to give him credit because Clerks, the first Clerks movie was a game changer for me. Um, so to see him live and see him well and healthy, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, you know, I was really scared that with his health scare and his heart, you know, situation that uh, you never know what's, what's going on, but I can't, I, I got to go see him. So I'm, I'm glad I'm able to um, thank you to the people of uh, fam expo for giving me the opportunity to cover this. I'm looking forward to this and we'll see where we go from there. Uh, this week, really this week, like probably maybe the next couple days, I will be talking with, um, good friend, uh, and actor Rebecca Kennedy. She is the star of a movie called Los Angeles, which is down on, uh, Amazon prime or Amazon video, I should say. And, uh, she's also, uh, been a part of a lot of other movies, horror movies and such. She's working on a new project or just came back from a new project as well, where she had to travel to here to Pennsylvania, but she's also appeared on some of a lot of people's favorite, you know, drama series and crime series and such like that too. So she's coming on to the show, talk about what she's up to lately and talk about the Los Angeles movie, but also talk about some experiences that she had as well. Be great to talk with her on this show. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on this week, people. So no shortage of fandom here. <laughs> so, if you love this episode and every episode of Talk Time Live and want to know where to find it at all costs, you can check out TalkTimeLive.com, the official website for Talk Time Live. And you can check out our audio podcast, our video exclusive uh, interviews, our video panels with the Repop Metaverse as well. Uh, new blog entries were just added on this week. I finally got the um, Windjammers uh, controversy blog that I've been talking about for quite some time that, you know, they're changing the game, you know, that I had to put on to their attention to. So that's all talked about there. Um, there's also the unboxing of the My Hero Academia World Heroes figures that I just got in there. So if you're interested in that, you may want to check that out on TalkTimeLive.com in the blog page. And uh, there are links there for places where you can purchase those items while supplies last because, you know, with the pandemic and everything going on and the shortage of shipping and, 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 and you know, goods and services and everything and the supply and demand, if you will. Um, it's, it's finding it harder to get things these days because of the lack of supply and demand. So, you know, jump on it, jump on anything that you want, especially just, especially if they're pre-orders too. Sometimes you'll be waiting for a very long time, unfortunately, hopefully that'll change in the years to come and we'll be back in the swing of things as well. So stay tuned for all that and much, much more. But if you also want to subscribe and download every episode, never miss a beat. You can check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, and every other place where you listen to podcasts. We are there. So, guys, thank you again. It's been awesome. Hope you had a great weekend. I hope you had a great WrestleMania weekend. And uh, let's, let's continue to be safe and uh, be happy out there. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week, people. See you guys in Philly uh, Fan Expo this week.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.